Now I would like to call uh, Andy, Andy Finn to come and share the word of God to us. Morning. Uh, Sanjay asked a while ago if I could speak at some point and it's my privilege to uh, speak on a baptismal. Uh, I need to say Chesht, Yakshamash, Dobsha, Yak Vielki Espuk, Tak. That's the sum total of my Polish out the way, so I uh, <laughs> hope you can understand the rest of what I say. But uh, yeah, great to see uh, so many people in the house this morning. Isn't it good? And the scripture says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. And we're in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, we're going to be witnessing three people taking the plunge uh, into this bath here. Um, and it's going to be an exciting occasion. Is that okay, Jeff? I'm ringing a little bit. Is that too? Okay, so three people have decided to put themselves through the waters. Now, I don't know about you, but water is amazing stuff, isn't it? It really is. Over 70% of our earth, or two-thirds of our planet, is made up of water. In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, the Spirit hovered over the waters until God separated it with the land. We've got an amazing water cycle. Water is drawn up into the atmosphere, condenses and comes back down as rain, and the process carries on. So we get rain around the world. It's a necessary part of life. Scientists now are even looking for water on other planets to establish signs of life. I don't know about you, but I wonder if there is another planet out there with people just like us. No, get rid of that thought. No, sorry. <laughs> But anyway, we need water in order to survive, don't we? Okay, billions of gallons of water is used and recycled again and again every day. And you've probably heard that actually the water that you're drinking has at least gone through about eight people before you actually drink it. Hmm. Okay, it's been purified first of all, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Each one of us is made up of 90% water. I bet you're glad it doesn't sink to the bottom of your legs when you stand up. Okay, but anyway, tell you what, prod the person next to you. Go on, prod the person next to you. See if they're awake. Listen for any sloshing sounds. And uh, check for any leaks. Okay, just in case, all right? <laughs> but anyway, no doubt you had a wash this morning. We clean ourselves with water. Water has a, a purifying job. We get grubby. We need to clean ourselves. We use water. The Bible says we're living in bodies that are outwardly wasting away. But if we know Jesus, inwardly we are being renewed. So you may well have had a bath this morning. I don't know. Some ladies love to have a bath and they love to pamper themselves. Um, some gentlemen might do that too. I don't know. But anyway, when you have a bath, you're effectively baptizing yourself. Did you know that? When you have a bath, you're effectively baptizing yourself. The word baptize in the Bible is translated from the Greek word baptizo or baptizo and according to Greek lexicons it literally means to immerse, to plunge, to put into or dip into and in this case it's all done in water. So when you have a bath you're effectively plunging yourself, putting yourself, immersing yourself, dipping yourself into water. Or if you're living a rich lifestyle, it might be a Chardonnay or something, I don't know. But anyway. 
But there's nothing significant about us having a bath other than to just get cleaned up, okay? But the baptisms we're going to witness today, the three that are taking place, are far, far more significant. It's more significant than just simply a cleansing of the skin. And I don't know if there was a slide that could go up. It's a, there we go. All those scriptures up there, you can look at them at your leisure, but I will use them this morning. So, baptism, it's a sacrament of Jesus. A sacrament of Jesus. What do I mean by a sacrament? Well, according to the NIWD, which is the New International Webster's Dictionary, uh, a sacrament is a Christian observance instituted by Christ to convey God's grace to us, to humankind. A sacrament is a Christian observance instituted by Jesus to convey God's grace to us. It's a command or an ordinance of Jesus that we are to obey and to carry out just as Jesus did. He did it, he went through baptism and he instructed us to do so. So apart from the command to love one another, the Bible says, there are two other commands that Jesus said that we are to do as a church. One of them is breaking of bread, communion, the Lord's Supper. I'm sure we're all familiar with that. Luke 22, 19, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 23 to 26, the Apostle Paul reminds us that Jesus commanded us to do this. And the second thing that Jesus commanded us to do is to be baptised. Matthew 28, 19, up there, the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, all three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So witnessing, making disciples, being baptized. So water baptism is an act of obedience to God, as commanded and demonstrated by Jesus. So the three people being baptized this morning are obeying the words of Christ. Now the three things that you're going to hear and see this morning as we uh, go through baptism, the first thing is a public confession. You're going to hear a public confession. I don't mean going to a confessional with a priest and reciting your sins, but I mean a confession of faith in Jesus. I believe, as the song said a minute ago, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God the Father. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Justified means just as if I never sinned. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you're going to hear three testimonies this morning. This whole process is a confession. Now, I don't mean they're going to stand up here and recite their sins to all of us. Uh, We could be here for a very long... No, I don't mean that, sorry. But they're not going to be doing that, okay? It's not a public confession of our sins, but a public confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
as their personal Lord and Saviour. Now, baptism alone doesn't save you. Passing through the waters alone doesn't save you. Baptism is secondary because you must first believe in Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him. We recognise and accept what Jesus went to the cross to do for us first. John 3.16, I'm sure we're all familiar with that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not die, will not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. So first, we recognise that we're all sinners and need to repent. Then we have a revelation of Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. Because Jesus died once for all of us. Once for all of us. For the forgiveness of our sins. So we put our faith and trust in him and then it becomes a personal relationship. And after we begin that relationship with Jesus, the Bible says, be baptised as a public confession of your faith. 1 John 5.10 says, anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his or her heart. So you first believe, put your faith in Jesus, and then as Jesus commanded us, be baptised. Mark 16, 16, Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, I know that different denominations of the church practice infant baptism. You may be familiar with it, or christenings. The difficulty with this process is that a child has no idea of what's happening. A child has no belief of their own in Jesus. A child cannot confess Jesus as their own personal Lord and Saviour. A father was in a church with his five-year-old daughter. As was customary, he sat right on the front row so that his daughter could properly witness the service. During this particular service, the vicar was performing an infant baptism. The little five-year-old girl was very taken by this, observing that the vicar was saying something and then pouring water over the baby's head. With a quizzical look on her face, she turned to her father and said, Daddy, why is he brainwashing that baby? Brings a whole new meaning to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, doesn't it? But anyway, but just want to say at New Life Church here, we believe in dedicating our children. We don't practice infant baptism. We believe in dedicating our children, bringing them to the leaders to pray over before God. And if you come in two weeks' time, little plug, if you come in two weeks' time, you're going to see that very thing happen as Rosanna, is Rosanna, isn't it? Yes, Rosanna at the back there is going to be dedicated before God. Little Rosanna. So it's quite a busy month. We've got baptism and a dedication taking place. Wow. So you're going to hear three public confessions this morning, three testimonies of faith in Jesus Christ. You're also going to witness a public burial. Uh, I don't think Silas has dug any holes out the back, so we'll be okay. But you're going to witness a public burial. You've come to a funeral today. I bet you didn't realise that, did you? It's all right. There's no shovels around. Nobody's going to go into a hole. Nobody's died yet. But we're going to witness three deaths 
and three burials, symbolically. Okay? Why is this the case? Well, baptism is identifying with Christ in his death on the cross and his burial in the tomb. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. By being totally immersed in water, we're identifying with Christ and the burial process that took place in the tomb. Romans 6, 1-4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning in our lives so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ were baptised into his death? We therefore were buried with him through baptism into death. And a little further in verse 6 it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with or become powerless, that we may no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So through total immersion, we're going through and we're burying our past life. That's what's going to be happening this morning, burying past life. Some years ago, a retired minister dropped by a church and told a story of when she visited a missionary. This missionary was serving in a remote village. And whilst there, the retired minister observed a baptismal service taking place. She watched as the new converts were taken by the missionary to the centre of a shallow river and made to kneel down. The retired minister explained that she saw what she expected at a baptismal service. Many of the tribe and family members gathered along the banks of the river to witness as the missionary raised his hands, repeated a few familiar scriptures before baptizing the converts by fully submerging them, submerging them, submersing, submerging them in the river. There was nothing unusual about that. When the first convert came up out of the water, he began shouting excitedly. The second convert did the same. And after the missionary had baptised the third convert, the whole riverbank was silent no more. It erupted with excited shouts and whoops and dancing along with the newly baptised converts. Afterwards, the minister said she asked the missionary about this unusual tradition. Why all the shouting and yelling? Well, replied the missionary, I haven't managed to completely communicate in this tribe's language yet. So they heard the scripture I gave them, but they didn't understand the symbolic nature of it. When I told them from Romans 6.4 that they would be buried with Christ through baptism into death and raised to walk in the newness of life, they actually thought that baptism would kill them. On hearing this, the church congregation chuckled a bit until the retired minister froze the congregation with a stare and said... Let me ask you one question. If you thought baptism would kill you, would you be willing to get in the river? See, this is a burying of the past life. Total immersion in water. Dying to our past self and our sinful nature. And symbolically, the three are burying that here today. Death to sin, 
burial of the past life, no longer slaves to sin, no longer held captive to a life of sin. They are going through the waters, passing through death and the tomb. So you're going to witness three burials today. But you're also going to witness three resurrections. There was once a pastor who had some troublesome youths who used to mess around in the church and disrupt the Sunday services. It would take its toll on the pastor, but nevertheless, he continued to preach the gospel week after week. One day, one of the youths got saved, and the pastor knew that the next step was for him to be baptised. The pastor duly talked to the young man, uh, talked to the young man through baptism and reminded him how the past life is gone and you start with a clean slate, which the young man said he understood. The time came for the baptism and as they stood in the pool together, they both knew that this was going to be a significant moment. As the pastor prayed, he suddenly remembered all the misdemeanors of the youth. He finished his prayer, said our mind quickly, and as he dunked the young man in the pool, he held him down for a little longer, just to make sure, for good measure. Don't worry, nobody's going to be held down in the pool any longer than is necessary this morning, okay? Each of them will be brought back up, don't worry, it's fine, each of them will be brought back up out of the water, raised into new life. You're going to witness three resurrections today. Each one comes up out of the water. The emergence signifies that they are rising up into the new life that Jesus has given them. A new life of righteousness and truth. A new life that is set apart for God. Romans 6, 4 and 5 says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. Verse 11 says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Jesus Christ. So just as Jesus was buried and rose from the dead, breaking the power of sin and death, so we symbolically, through faith, rise up from the grave into the new life that Jesus Christ has given us. Galatians 3, 26 and 7 says, You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who are baptised into Jesus Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Colossians 2, 10 and 12 says, You have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority, having been buried with him in the baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him, Jesus, from the dead. You see, when we go through the process of baptism, it's an outward expression of washing away impurity. It's an outward expression of dying to self and the power of sin. But it signifies an inward cleansing that has taken place in our lives. That cleansing takes place through faith in Jesus Christ and we rise up into the new life that he gives. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old, the past life has gone. The new life in Jesus has come. John the Baptist baptised for repentance to wash away sins. He did it in preparation for the kingdom of God coming. We are baptised in response to receiving salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ's death on the cross, his burial in the tomb and the resurrection. So baptism is one of the most symbolic ways that we as Christians can publicly show our identification with Jesus. Jesus was baptised to fulfil all righteousness, as Matthew 3.15 says, and to identify himself with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We identify ourselves with Christ through going through the waters of baptism and rising up into the new life. So after accepting Jesus, water baptism should be our next step in obedience. We'd obey the words that Jesus said. Acts 2, 38, 39, Peter says, repent and be baptised, every one of you. You see, if you've committed your life to Jesus, the next step should be be baptised. Don't delay. Obey Christ today. Follow his example and be baptised. God bless you. Thank you, Andy. That was great. Um, you know, Andy explained really everything about the water baptism. And it is so important. That's why I would like to extend this invitation even today to you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, this is the time where you can accept him as your Savior. 2,000 years back, Jesus Christ came. He died for our sins on the cross. Because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we have been separated from God. And if this morning, if I ask you, do you really know God? What do I mean by that? If I say to you, you know, I know about King Charles, what he does, where he goes, his meetings and about him. But if you ask me, do I know him personally? I will say no. I don't know him personally. In the same way, you may have heard about God, about Jesus Christ. You may have seen pictures on the cross, Jesus hanging on the cross. But the question is, do you know him personally? And today I would like to extend that invitation if you do not know Jesus as your Savior to receive him. Simply to say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and you're coming back again. You died for my sins. I receive you in my life as my Lord and Savior. As simple as that. And Bible says, he receives us as his children. And if today God speaks to you and if you're not water baptized, always give this invitation. You know, if you're a believer who believed in Jesus Christ and you feel need to be water baptized, you know, you can be that fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh person.
to be baptized today. Do not delay, you know, because as Andy said, really what is baptism? The word baptism comes from Greek word baptizo, which means to be immersed. And we'll look at the scripture in Matthew 3, quickly, verse 16. It says, when he had, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. So it says he came up from the water. It doesn't say about sprinkling. And behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And I want to say, to Jacob, Kinga, and Teresa, as you're obeying the Lord, my prayer is this, that the heavens will open and you will experience the spiritual breakthroughs in your life, even as you obey the Lord. And then, the scripture says, in verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Secondly, God affirms that you are his child. Amen. You belong to him. And this is what happened to, um, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch, when he was water baptized, they looked for much water. And he just didn't wait. He said, what, you know, makes you to wait for me to be water baptized. And he took that decision immediately to be water baptized. And again, I would like to extend that invitation to you.